Today is Tuesday, July 26, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Is Vladimir Putin using food as a weapon? We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. You can help us if you agree with that mission. Give us a rating, share it with a friend, all the good stuff. Let's get through the news of the Cray together. Joining me to get through it, Trey Gons Phillips and Billy Hallowell from CBN's FaithWire.com. Guys, happy Tuesday. What's going on? It's a beautiful day. We're yeah. one step closer to Friday in the weekend. <laughs> we, we need a name for Tuesday. There's no, we don't have a name for Tuesday. Well, it's just a sad day. Yeah, usually. we can't do they, hump day. Yeah, can't do hump day junior because we already got we already got Friday junior. You can't even say almost their day because you're not. You're not. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Tuesday is just Tuesday. It's not Monday, so it's, it's got Monday. that going for it. Mini Monday. <laughs> Whatever day it is, we are one step closer to Friday, and that's a good thing. But the main thing today, TV host John Tesh talks about how he navigated the news that he was told that he only had 18 months to live. Imagine getting that news. He joins us for a candid conversation on the main thing today. But first, we are going to take a look at some of the top headlines that are going on over on CBNNews.com. A 37-year-old woman opened fire at a Dallas airport. This is at Love Field, not at the main DFW airport. She was dropped off at 11 a.m., went into the bathroom, comes out with a hoodie, then aims the gun at the ceiling and starts shooting. An officer on the scene was able to shoot her and wound her. She's at the hospital right now. No one else was injured in the incident. Former Vice President Mike Pence, is he planning a 2024 presidential run? That's what a lot of prognosticators believe as they think he's testing the waters. He spoke last night at the Heritage Foundation to discuss his freedom agenda. And that comes just before Trump speaks tonight at the America First policy, where he plans to lay out his America First agenda. So a lot of jockeying going on. We're going to talk about Ron DeSantis coming up later in the podcast as well uh, for 2024. Is Vladimir Putin using food as a weapon? That's exactly what the U.S. is claiming. This comes after Russian forces attacked a key port that ships, quote, desperately needed grain, end quote, to the rest of the world. That attack came just a day after Russia. They told the UN that they'd allow the grain ships to leave. And then they went ahead and attacked the grain ships anyway. First, they denied it. Then they admitted, yeah, we did it. But they said, well, it was military targets. Paul Sorvino, known for his role in Goodfellas, he died at 83 yesterday with his wife, Didi Sorvino, by his side. She said, our hearts are broken. There'll never be another Paul Sorvino. He was the love of my life and one of the greatest performers to ever grace the screen and on stage. He died of natural causes. Those are just some of the headlines happening today. You can check out more over on CBNnews.com. Well, as I mentioned, Governor Ron DeSantis is speaking out about his faith. Again, he quoted a famous Bible verse. DeSantis, is he one of these ones that's angling for 2024? And what did he say? Yeah, well, you know, I think it, it's it's pretty clear that he's, uh, whether he himself is, has decided <laughs> if or, you know, if he's running or not, everybody's kind of looking at him. It's, yeah. it's Trump or Ron DeSantis are kind of the the two names that float to the top uh, when, when we think about Republicans potentially running in 2024. So uh, at a speech he just gave, he urged supporters to, quote, put on the full armor of God uh, in the political 
political fight against leftism. Uh, so he made the speech in Hollywood, not Hollywood, California, Hollywood, Florida, uh, at a conservative gathering. Uh, he said, you've got to be ready for battle, so put on the full armor of God. Obviously, he was referring to Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, that talks about uh, the armor of God that believers wear. Uh, he went on to say, uh, take a stand against the left schemes. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. You will face fire from flaming arrows, but the shield of faith will protect you. Uh, so this is not actually the first time uh, that Governor DeSantis has uh, spoken about his faith and has used actually this exact passage uh, in a speech before. Uh, CBN News, uh, we reported about this actually last year, it was last summer, uh, around this time, uh, during a Faith and Freedom Coalition speech uh, for the Road to Majority Conference. Uh, he told the crowd then, you've got to be strong, you've got to put on the full armor of God. He said, you have to take a stand against the left schemes. So uh, a lot of the exact same uh, wording was used then, and he's using it now. Uh, obviously, it got a, a great response from the people in the crowd. It's obviously received praise, too, from uh, some Christians, and particularly conservative Christians, uh, of course. Uh, but also, you know, we can't help but think uh, that this comes at a time when Christian nationalism is a huge concern with uh, many in the media. Uh, it's a term that's not really well-defined at all. Uh, but I am imagining those kinds of attacks are going to be coming Ron DeSantis's way for these remarks. You're right. Those claims are coming out there. Why do you think uh, they're they're leaning in on the faith part of it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think some of it is genuine. They're, they're obviously believers who are in politics yeah. or running for office or who hold office. So I think some of it is genuine. Uh, I think some of it, too, is just the, the necessity of politics. And nobody likes to talk about this, but it's the reality, obviously, that there's yeah. going to be some pandering on both sides, plenty on the left, of course, and some on the right, too, as well. Uh, so I think it's it's a, a desire to drum up some support and say, look, uh, we're in a culture now that doesn't value faith and, in fact, is is hostile toward it. Uh, so they're kind of signaling, hey, I, I support faith. Uh, I, I think it has a place in society. Uh, and I think that unfortunately, puts an even bigger target on politicians' backs these days, particularly when they're conservative and willing to be outspoken about their faith in a time when uh, the media and the entertainment world in particular uh, is increasingly opposed to anybody uh, speaking out about their faith and, of course, mostly Christian faith. DeSantis, they've essentially now figured out that he's probably be the guy or one of the top guys. And so you see a lot of angling, the exaggerations on DeSantis and all of a sudden he's more dangerous than Trump and you're seeing all those headlines. So what is your reaction to all of that? To see the types of language that have been used to describe Trump over the last few years, right? How dangerous he is, how he's disabling and dismantling democracy and all of that. And then to see people suddenly finding somebody that they think is more dangerous <laughs> um, than that is, you know, it feels a little disingenuous and very, very, very political. But I think on the faith front, what is really happening is there's a strategy here. You know, for a long time, many secularists would say, oh, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be mixing your faith with your politics and you know they haven't been able to root that out because faith is part of who we are so we make decisions about who we're going to vote for based on what we believe everybody does that whether yeah. they're a christian or an atheist and so i think what we're watching happen is another attempt to make sure that this doesn't happen to shame people oh you can't be a christian nationalist right you can't you can't be that type of person and so there's sort of been a boogeyman created not that there aren't issues that need to be dealt with you know politically and you know the improper use of faith and 
in different moments. But I think there's a much bigger play here to really try to root faith out of politics. Mm. I think some of it is uh, we've seen the left, and particularly the secular left, the more radical left, be more open about their opposition to faith, right? They're not just not Christian. Uh, There's so many in the media who want to be actively opposed to Christianity. So I think it's created a space for the conservative side uh, to say, look, we're not against Christianity. In fact, a lot of us are believers. So I think to your point, Billy, people, there are a lot of believers in the country. There are a lot of Christians who want to see that represented in their politics. I think it's politicians who are finally waking up and saying, oh, they, they want their faith to be represented. Uh, so, you know, I'm a believer, so I'll pick that mantle up. Now it's almost a, hey, I'm going to take a stand for you and for Christians against this because people are trying to define it as hate speech, the Bible, Christian verses, you're a bigot if you don't go along with LGBTQ issues. That conflict is really growing. And so battle lines are being drawn. And and I guess when you start being open about your faith as a politician, you are declaring which side of the line you're standing on. You also have this other side, though, too, that's really important to talk about. And that's the side where they're taking faith and sort of twisting it into something else. And and that's something we're seeing happen, too. So you, it's a really weird dynamic of some people saying, no, 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 this is what the Bible says. And they've sort of taken a, a totally new twist on theology. And then the other side doing, you know, what Trey described. Yeah, we'll leave that conversation there. We're going to head into the to the next story, because this one... There's a lot to talk about in this one, I think, Billy. I mean, it's not every day, first of all, that a pastor gets robbed in mid-sermon by multiple armed gunmen. But there, there's a whole host of things going on here. What? Tell me what happened. Yeah, so this was on Sunday. Uh, Bishop Lamore Whitehead, um, he was delivering his sermon in front of his church in Brooklyn, New York, and three armed gunmen burst into the church And they knew what they were there for, it seemed. They went right for him and his wife, and they took jewelry from them, and they had guns. So you've got an entire congregation that is apparently traumatized, women and children who were crying, very chaotic scene. Luckily, nobody was injured, but the vandals, they walked away, and this is incredible. At first, it was stated to be $400,000 worth of jewelry. And in the end, now they're saying it may be over a million dollars worth of jewelry taken from Bishop Whitehead and from his wife. Uh, And it's just it's it was a wild scene captured, by the way, on their live stream of their church service. How are people reacting to that when they're seeing the story? What are the sorts of comments we're seeing? You're seeing a lot of people comment sort of disturbed that there was that much jewelry to take. Right. And so that's an interesting reaction. Even on Instagram, you know, the, the Bishop Whitehead, he's gone on to Instagram. He's published a couple of videos responding to this, explaining what happened. Um, and it's a complicated situation. But in those comments, you'll see a lot of questions about why was there so much jewelry? And what about the poor people in your community? Those sorts of things. He has defended himself and said, look, you know, people can call me too flashy. And he said this in one of the videos. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. But he basically said he has the right to purchase what he wants to purchase. He works hard. And and he can do that. And so he kind of left it at that. I think this this whole story is just fascinating. Too. I mean, there's so many layers and so many different uh, <laughs> different avenues to comment on. I mean, the the money, as we've all talked about just now, and then also uh, the the situation for the robbers that they were being live streamed while they went and, yeah. and did this. It's just, 
it's a wild story to me. I don't, but, I don't really know how to make heads or tails. Yeah, of it. Thank, I mean, but thankfully nobody else was hurt in it. I mean, in yes. regards to the live stream too, I was thinking about this. So many people have rain cams now. I mean, those things are crystal clear. These are not like fuzzy. I mean, you've got full HD ring cams right up in there to identify them. So, I mean, I wonder if that's a deterrent. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they had masks on, so they had to have well, known. That's true. There you go. Yeah. They had to have known, right? I mean, and you would assume, I think most people with any familiarity with churches, and maybe they weren't familiar. I don't know. They're stealing things. So who knows? Um, See, th this, is why know. I'm not a, this is why I'm not a criminal, Billy. I'm, thinking, I'm like, well, how, how do people do this? They're going to get identified. Oh, masks. They're going to find me. Oh. They're going to know. <laughs> a know. mask, Dan. Oh, okay. Yes, thank you. <laughs> See, and masks we're... have become so commonplace now. So. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Used to them. That's right. Just put on your COVID mask and you're going to go. <laughs> At least right. they had a mask on. They we're protecting people in the church, at least. So you, you know I'm not stealing anything because I don't even know how to do it. So <laughs> there you go. But all right, guys, thanks for those stories. Let's uh, head on into the main thing today. TV host John Tesh was told he only had 18 months to live. Well, he joined us for a candid conversation on today's main thing. TV show host John Tesh found himself depressed, despondent, and giving up hope. He had been told by doctors that he had just 18 to 24 months to live after a dire cancer diagnosis. But here's the thing. John rediscovered a deeper connection with his faith and he persevered. And through that perseverance was able to overcome not only the emotional pitfalls of his diagnosis, but also journeying through the physical. I sat down with John to talk to him about his journey and his new effort to inspire others through Tesh TV, a streaming platform that offers inspirational quotes, video, and inspiring interactions so that he can help other people who are navigating through difficult circumstances like his own. So with no further ado, let's listen to what John went through, how he rediscovered his faith, the Bible verses that inspired him most, and what he's now doing to help inspire others. It was my wife, Connie, and I, we've now been married 30 years, who was just like, this is really not happening. And, and so she helped me fight, but, but in the middle of it, I, you know, I, I gave up. I, I was drinking like, I don't know, like three or four uh, high balls of scotch a night and chasing it with Vicodin. Because when you, become a, when you become a cancer patient, right, when you decide that you're a cancer patient and that's who you are, that's your identity, and everybody's, everybody tiptoes around you, and they'll get you, all the doctors will give you whatever you want. I don't recommend this, this journey, but I think for somebody like me, and I don't believe God put this, this on me, but, but uh, uh, the, the motivation to see it through definitely was, uh, was, was spiritual. Well, and it's powerful that you shared that because a lot of people, they, they share sort of the overcomer part of it, but not the challenge part. And the challenge part for you, I mean, you were just very candid of giving up feeling like this was sort of the end and, and even thinking about some of those darker things in the midst of all of that. And yet your wife and you, she inspired you, you move forward, you mentioned your faith. What was your faith journey like, you know, when you were 63 and you were diagnosed, where were you in your faith and how did this journey sort of transform or maybe change your faith along the way? I very quickly became a cancer patient. And so I started making plans for my demise, basically. You know what it was? It was 18 months to two years to live. It was a very aggressive form of, of prostate cancer that didn't make any blood markers. And so it was sort of a secret, you know, until the doctor wow. did the digital rectal exam. It was like, wait, there's something wrong here. And something wrong here ended up being, they saw something on a sonogram. And then a urologist said, oh, wow, there's something wrong. Everybody was like saying, I, I something a little wrong. And then when they did a biopsy, 
which is that's always a, a fun word. When they did a biopsy, it was like I hit. It was like, well, you know, the the uh, the, the tumor markers. The the top end is uh, is is ten. You got a nine and a half. You have four tumors that are, you wow. know, and they were like spreading. And it's like I don't I don't I don't have any symptoms. That was what you might imagine. Uh, it was when the doctor says, you know, you should get your affairs in order. Well, you can't operate. Well, you know, it's it, we're afraid we'll just drive the cancer everywhere and. You know, we have some ideas and stuff. Like, okay, so I'm get, I, I'm all of a sudden I'm getting my insurance. Uh, I, I, I have I want I want I want a uh, you know somebody to take over for the radio show, and I just, I, I went wow. into protective mode for my family. It's like how do I protect my wife and my kids and my grandkids? And I grew up with you know in the church, but in the middle of the journey, somebody handed us a CD and it was of a guy that, who, who teaches named Andrew Womack, and he teaches teaches uh, divine healing out in Colorado at a at a Bible college and. And so he's, uh, he's going on, on the seas going, well, you know, this is what the Bible says about what God wants for you. And so it was Mark eleven twenty three, for example, which is actually tattooed on my arm here. It was, you know, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will be done, shall have what he says. So speak to your mountain in Proverbs eighteen twenty one, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And just those two scriptures, that's, that's a great start for people because it's like, well, wait a second. God doesn't put sickness on you. I don't believe that. God wants you well. The true nature of God is health and, you know, and, and wellness. It's the other guy down below who really would like to come and kill, steal, and, and, and destroy, which is what Denzel Washington, as we now know, whispered into Will Smith's ear. You know? once, you're, uh, you know, once you're on the top, the devil can't wait you know, to get a hold of you. And yep. so, Take you down. At least yep. I knew what the enemy was. You know, once I knew what the enemy was, I, w- I wasn't saying, why me? More so because I, because when you say why me, it's like God, why me? But I didn't. I believe God was on my team, and that I needed to fight the the you know sickness, which is I don't which I don't believe is something God puts on people. So once I had that perspective, my wife and I both had it. We said, well, wait a second, I have I can na- I can now visualize. I can now see my future. I was able to visualize what it looked like. To be 97 years old, I picked 97 years old because that's where where my aunt is right now, right? That's how old she is, and and so I said I can see myself, I can see what I'm doing there, and so when I had that, when I had my future in perspective, then I was able to okay, now we're going to go find the right doctors to deal with this, and then we're going to find the right prayers, and we're going to find the right uh, the, the right inspiration to get to that number. Did you feel like this experience elevated your faith then in God? Did it did it change your faith in God in any way when you compared the way you looked at the world maybe beforehand? I'm just curious, you know, that before and after, because an event like this, when you're staring death in the face and you make that decision to move forward and to fight, which is what you did, you know, after feeling that that downtrodden feeling that you felt fighting on, how did that specifically maybe change that worldview that you had on faith? Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, the, the biggest change for me was, was in, the, in the book of Romans, which is considered Paul the Apostle's masterpiece, right? His letter to the Romans, and it was uh, Romans 12, 2, which is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a very simple sentence, but when you, when you get the revelation of, of that, it's a lot of work when you're realizing, okay, I'm not going to let any Anybody, my wife was with me on this. We're equally yoked on this. We're not going to let anybody in this house who's going to come in and go, Hi, how are you? How many more years do you think you have? You know, oh my gosh, what, tell me about the tests. Tell me about this, that. And then we, we changed what we listened to you know, on the radio. We changed what we listened, we watched on, 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 on television and just got, got focused on what, what, 
what led to healing and what led to purpose, you know? And so renewing your mind, we're, we're in a place right now, all of us, right? Where it's like, I, you know, you can, you can get a movie on your watch and your Apple watch now, yeah. you know, I mean, you can just, you can fill yourself up with all, with all kinds of things. I know that you've heard this, everybody's heard this message before, but truly renewing your mind and, and focusing for me, focusing on on what god's plan is for me that was tv show host john tesh sharing his cancer journey overcoming the odds and clinging to his faith for more on john tesh go to teshtv.com that's his streaming platform and you can check out his inspiration daily over there all right, Billy, thank you for that interview. Good conversation there. And that leaves us with time for one last thing. And we want to point to our conversation recently with singer Ann Wilson. I mean, guys, she has a young soul. She's only 20 years old, so she's young, but she's got an old soul for such a young person. I, I was very impressed by the things she had to say. A lot of it is the life experiences that yeah. she's been through having lost her brother and how that kind of springboarded her career, which she got into in our interview. But yeah, she has a whole lot of wisdom for her age. And she's incredibly not only insightful, but you feel like you're talking to somebody you've known for a long time. She's charismatic. It's a great conversation. You can catch the whole thing over on CBNnews.com, also on faithwire.com as well. And that is all. We've made it through Tuesday. I mean, this it's phenomenal how this happens. This podcast, Take the Quick Start Challenge. We'll get you through your, through your week faster. It's science. Don't question it. We don't like to look too closely at that claim. But uh, that's our story, and we're sticking to it. So we'll be back here tomorrow with more news from a Christian perspective. As always, you can head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more. God bless. See you back here tomorrow.